Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Allegations that the Chinese government is underreporting how many cases of the virus there are. What? Underreporting? China? <laughs> how would we even do that with our state run media? <laughs> well, it's happened before, like when China downplayed the SARS outbreak in 2002. That was one time! <laughs> And 2002 was a different world. Spider-Man was Tobey Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, China lying like rugs as they do about everything about the whole uh, coronavirus. Yeah. Donald Trump, don't trust China. Well, he shouldn't. I got a couple of stories on that, and it reminded me. Well, first of all, on the whole coronavirus thing, my son got the regular old influenza. There's a type A and a type B. I didn't know any of this stuff before Thursday, by the way, uh, when my son got the flu and then we were at the ER with 105 temperature and oh, I started reading gosh. up on it and everything yeah. like that. Poor lad. But there's a type A and a type B and he got the type A, which is either H1N1 or H3N5 or something. Hike. They haven't, uh, <laughs> they know it's type A. They haven't figured out that other part. Yeah. Um, uh, one's worse than the other. But anyway. Well, and there's there's not a lot they can do, right? So it's. No. I no, mean, you, you have it for a long stay time with too, fluids though. and just try to nurse you through it. So your high fever will last 
Five days, likely. Oh, oh. five oh, that's days. Rough. That's so rough. Yeah, and no medicine. I mean, he was 105 on Thursday, and he was still 103 on Saturday night. Oh my goodness, um, poor lad. Yeah, Did it's you do, amazing. Like, cool cloths or something like. Like, uh, I know there's nothing can Bands. take it away, but oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, so the the regular old flu is horrible, and it kills thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Wherever you're listening, people in your town, your state are dying. By the dozens how of, many, of the regular old flu. How many children did you say have already died of the flu in the United States this year? As of Saturday morning, it was 54. Right. Now, right. No, if 54 kids died of the coronavirus, I think we would, we would, we would cease to, uh, to function as a nation. Well, there would be a national panic. And which the flu is just is... strange. And listen, I'm not in favor of ignoring the coronavirus because it's new it appears to be fairly deadly nobody's immune to it and and we don't know how insane it could be but the flu is here and two years ago was it it killed 61,000 Americans 60,000 people Americans and you did you do you even know that no you didn't know that that's the flu. I hear about it every year. But you're doing a half-hour news feature on the coronavirus that six people got in America and nobody's died? Wash your it's hands, just, man. It's just weird. And if you got it, do not go. Just stay home. Stay home. You are so contagious. Yeah. We we kind of kept Sam quarantined in the house so that the rest of us don't get it because it's, it's a bad one. He didn't eat anything for three days. He tried a couple of times and threw up nonstop. So, but just that's a bad thing to get is the flu. But so the coronavirus in China, and this is what it reminded me of because we talked about this some last week, is how it's it's it ain't no joke, Joe, as Joe Biden would say, not a joke. The idea of China taking over the world, or at least becoming the global superpower that most countries um, come into their sphere and um, and kowtow to is bad in all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. China is a bad country. They're an evil presence. China is asshole! The Chinese in Communist short, Party yes. is evil, and the more of the world that they control, you know, the worst for humanity. Mm-hmm. This is like the old us versus the Soviet Union. This is a gl- global struggle for the future of mankind, whether we get to be free or not. See the coronavirus. China silenced doctors and focused on secrecy as the coronavirus first spread. One article I read in the New York Times about how their number one concern from the beginning was not uh, helping people, uh, curing people, anything like that. It was how do we get this information quieted down and keep it from getting out. Um, Specifically with, let me find this other story about it, how they threatened this doctor and got him to, um, to go along. As new coronavirus spread, China's old habits delayed the fight. At a critical turning point, Chinese authorities put secrecy on order ahead of openly confronting the growing crisis and risking public alarm or uh, political embarrassment. In the middle of the night, officials from the health authority in the central city of Wuhan summoned Dr. Lee, demanding to know why he had shared information online that the coronavirus is out there. Three days later, the police compelled him to sign a statement that his warning constituted illegal behavior. Wow. Which, if you know anything about China, is really bad. Yeah. That's going to stop you from, uh, well, from living much of your life from, from here on, now that you've had that spanking by uh, the Communist Party. Mm-hmm. And so he attempted to get the word out just locally that we got this traveling around. The police show up at his house and make him sign a confession. Wow. Of, uh, of, of going against the nation. Wow. That is scary. That that's that's who they are. Yeah. God, we gotta wake up to that. That is an evil, evil country. 
Now, come on, and, China. And, you know, so far it looks like the coronavirus, we're going to be okay. But if, if, if the great pandemic that's going to wipe people out happens and starts in China, we're doomed. Well, that's the perfect place for it to start. We are doomed because yeah. they do not care. Yeah, yeah. They do have the ability to shut down entire cities and not let anybody go anywhere. Quarantining a city is something we would not be very good about or good at in the United States. Thank God. Ken, if they're going to send the police to the home of a doctor um, over the coronavirus, the idea that they're not going to mishandle artificial intelligence or uh, any of this CRISPR genetic stuff or any of that stuff, give me a break. Well, it's a society founded on, and, and absolutely everything you do is steeped in the idea of you must please the government. You must please your local government official, or they will have you jailed or stabbed or run out of your home or whatever. And they're frequently... You know, grasping, greedy, amoral bureaucrats, but everybody is terrified of them. Like this doctor guy who who thought, you know, I'll tell the truth to help out my countrymen. Well, he he got punished good and hard for that, and, well, or will be. I would guess, based on all the reading I've done about China, the only reason we know that the police went and talked to the doctor and he signed this thing is because... The Communist Party wanted us to know. They wanted that news out there to scare other doctors. Mm. If they had just wanted to punish him, he would have just disappeared and it would have made the news. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting point. They wanted to get information out to every other doctor in the country or anybody else in the media or anything else. Yeah. Hey, talking about this is not cool. Yeah. You want the police to show up at your house? Keep your mouth shut. And, and listen, this is not, uh, you know, this is not a, a frantic trying to scare you little bit of analysis, but... Socialism as a system depends on government control. You have to have everybody falling in line because if they're pursuing their self-interests in a free market way, it just socialism doesn't work because it's an artificial system. You have to impose it and enforce it. People will not pursue it naturally. And it really worries me the number of people who think Bernie is the answer and Bernie is the savior. And and if we can only impose a top-down system of government, everybody will have a utopia because you will find yourself uh, being told by many, many bureaucrats exactly how you want to live day to day. And it evolves. Nobody, nobody announces at the outset, uh, this is going to be oppressive. It just gets there. Well, the uh, the good news, if you're worried about Bernie, is uh, an article I saw over the weekend, the Bernie um, Bernie apocalypse is coming. He actually wins Iowa. If he wins Iowa and New Hampshire, the full scrutiny of his life and his policies is coming his way. Mm. Not necessarily from the Republicans, but from uh, Democ- other Democrats and maybe the media. Wait, I was watching Rahm Emanuel on one of the Sunday talk shows yesterday. He didn't name Bernie, but he kept saying over and over, if we nominate somebody who's way outside the mainstream that would be bad for the country, that's talking about programs that can never happen, we have no chance of winning. Mm. Well, they're going to start naming Bernie. Yeah. He wins tonight yeah. in Iowa. Yeah. The Democratic Party is going to shut him down. Yeah. But, man, it, Iowa and New Hampshire are close together. New Hampshire's Tuesday. He could win both of them. And then... How you stop him at that point? Oh, it's going to be insane. It is going to be a, a political train wreck for weeks, which sounds entertaining to me. Oh, yeah, I'm loving it. It's oh, yeah. just entertainment. It's yeah, good. <laughs> of course, in my mind, he's got no chance of beating Trump, but there are of other people. And, and listen, his ticker could go Kavloy, too. He's already had the one heart attack. Right. 
I mean, that's not like a guarantee you're not going to have another one. Aren't you generally healthier after your first heart attack? It's not, it's not like a circumcision. I mean, you just, you know, it happens again sometimes. <laughs> I, I, are you? I don't, yeah, generally they, they figure out what's blocked and they unblock yeah. it for you. Yeah, most yeah. people I know personally that have had heart attacks, they're, the thing that keeps them going is they know I'm much better. I, I, when I should have been scared was when I didn't know before I had my heart attack. That's I'm way better point. now than yeah. I was then. Yeah. Oh, old Biden is just, you know, age is his thing. Age and senility. Well, I apologize for that. Well, you don't have to apologize, Joe. It happens to the best of us. But so uh, Iowa will caucus and they will cough up. uh, Honestly, I expect it to be closely bunched and on they go to New Hampshire to continue to hash this out. But uh, we'll see. So that'll be no news tomorrow if if they're all within a couple of percentage points of each other. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the the president, Donald Trump, who was the guy from The Apprentice, you might recall, he. What? uh, Yeah, I know. He's doing the State of the Union address tomorrow night. He's got to do an end zone dance. I had dis- because the impeachment thing has died. I decided a couple of years ago I wasn't watching State of the Union addresses anymore. I, uh, I, I'm I, watching this one. I quit watching them because they were completely pointless. They were he, just a list of things that you wanted to do that were never going to happen, and everybody cheering. And I gave up oh, on them. Yeah. But this could be newsmaking tomorrow I, night. I think he's going to do everything short of putting cardboard on the floor and actually break dancing in front of the podium. Yeah. To celebrate. Oh, he will call out. Uh, well, I don't know that he'll do this. He could call out Adam Schiff by name. Who knows how how <laughs> if he says nasty old pencil neck? Does that count as by yes, name? Yes, it does. Okay. It does. Really, it's understood. Uh, but uh, you know, it's funny. I started that uh, screed with the idea that I think Donald J might the guy might be the guy to say at some point soon. This is a useless exercise. I'm not doing it anymore. But it won't be this year no. because this year will be too much fun. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So according to Ad Meter, the number one ad at the Super Bowl was the um, Jeep commercial with Bill Murray redoing the Groundhog Day, which I think huh. we, it was, we all just oh, we love that movie. And there's Bill yeah. Murray doing it again. And, and look, it was funny. There are some good jokes in there. And look how old he is. is people there love Bill Murray. a more universally loved person than Bill Murray? Hardly. No. No, except Mr. Peanut. Everyone loves Mr. Peanut, <laughs> and as turns, we heard some ad execs say last week. And they, the Mr. Peanut ad turned out, uh, we were just kidding, he's, st- he's still alive? Well, he sprouted a, from himself, They kind of from a, his own corpse. They kind of did a Baby Yoda thing there. Is that what they were insinuating with the Mr. Peanut? Yeah, Mr. Baby. Peanut, he spent his life bringing people together. <laughs> I know he'd be happy that we are all together now. <laughs> Thanks, Wesley. <laughs> What is happening? What is that? Is that a baby nut? Just kidding. I'm back. All right. All right. I didn't care to begin with. <laughs> now I'm just annoyed. I don't know. It's just, but the, the fact that his, <laughs> he, he re-sprung from his own corpse is just bizarre to me. Mr. Kool-Aid was there crying. Mr. Clean. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then you got those herpes monkeys that are invading the country. You got the coronavirus. I saw some guy tweet that between it all, we're 
the uh, zombie apocalypse clock is at two minutes to midnight. <laughs> Herpes monkeys. And a socialist about to win the Iowa caucuses, but I'll that's be, a different story. I'll be damned. Um, so, uh, evidently, Ted Cruz has been uh, participating in a podcast throughout the... Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Bearded? Yeah, one-time presidential candidate. He he was the he was the the, the San Francisco 49ers of the last Republican run. He was the last team to lose mm. before uh, Trump ended up being the Chiefs as it were. Um but he's been doing a podcast and he invented he invited rather Lindsey Graham on to discuss some of the impeachment uh you know the developments on Friday after it had all kind of gone down in flames. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lindsey Graham is several cocktails in. Listen to this and tell me if I'm right. So let's, uh, number one, Ted was awesome. We had a little team trying to convince people. Can you say <laughs> show on a podcast? Can I, I think you just okay, did, good. actually. All right, so what would happen if you call witnesses being a shit show? Yeah. You're just not going to call John Bolton. If you're going to call a witness, we're going to call all the witnesses. Would you know? want to know a little bit about the Bidens? You know, I like Joe Biden, but give me a break. If Mike Pence's son was making $3 million a year from the most corrupt gas company in the Ukraine, don't you think you might hear about it? Right. You, you're only going to hear about the Bidens on his podcast. <laughs> Yeah, see, it's funny. Before he, when they were just like saying hello and getting started, he sounded drunker. There, now that I hear it in my headphones, Man, he didn't really sound drunk. He might have had a mint julep. He sounds like he's got the smoothness and the confidence of a guy who's like one and a half to two in, right? He's uh, not drunk yet. He does sound that but way like, to me, hey, too. Let's, let's just, let's just talk real. By here. the way, Kate McKinnon's Lindsey Graham on Saturday Night Live was freaking hilarious. Mm, everything she does we'll is hilarious. We'll have to play that yeah. later. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, it's, uh, I, for America, it's definitely better that the, the poo show he referenced did not happen. But in terms of entertainment, that could have been, people would talk about it for a hundred years. Well, that was the whole, really the point of the Saturday Night Live cold open. If you didn't see it, the impeachment you wished would have happened. And oh. if they'd have had John Bolton and Hunter Biden and, uh, as, as Keenan said, as the judge, I don't care about this. It's just, why wouldn't I want these people to come up here? This yeah. is going to be fun. <laughs> it's just, it would have been so entertaining. Yeah. The fact that they had Hunter Biden, uh, Pete Davidson doing the Hunter Biden character, coming out vaping, riding a, uh, <laughs> riding a scooter was hilarious. Hunter, you're a loser. <laughs> yeah. Vaping is the perfect look for Hunter Biden. Yeah. <laughs> But you're wow. right, it would have been an S show. Oh, man. Yeah, and it just, it would have degenerated, too. Things, I mean, things don't become an S show, then, like, uh, surf along at some sort of a moderate S show uh, level. No, they get worse and worse until they, they just crack up completely, which, again, would have been entertaining as heck, but probably not good for the Republic. Um. Oh, we were talking about China before. I wanted to throw this in just real quickly. It's becoming more and more clear. And Wall Street Journal with a great piece over the weekend. Our universities, my friends, are absolutely crawling with Chinese spies, Chinese intelligence agents, whether officially that's what it says on their paycheck or they were recruited by the Chinese government. And when our government recruits you, it says, hey, would you like to do this? It'd be good for your country. When China recruits you, they say, if you ever want to see your mother again, you'll do this. And well, I'm recruited. You're right. For instance, Texas A&M University officials, they realized we've got a lot of Chinese government funding at some of our facilities and programs. How much is it anyway? They realized more than 100 
of its faculty members were involved with a Chinese talent recruitment program, even though only five had disclosed their participation in the program. So 95 out of 100 of the professors at Texas A&M were on the take from China and hadn't declared it. How bad is that? That's incredible. And it's impossible that that's unique. I have a little more of this to come on the Armstrong again. It's incredibly troubling. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's been 50 years, it's our time! You know, I expect a higher level of obnoxious drunk on my post-Super Bowl fan tapes. I was a little disappointed. Kansas City, I don't know. What do you have in terms of, like, gunfire and explosives? Any? Well, that's good. That's good. Oh. (laughs) Evidently, fans in Kansas City have cruise missiles as well. That's actual tape of Kansas City after the win. I'll tell you what, those shots they kept going to, all those people gathered in the street uh, partying there oh, in Kansas City, yeah. that looked like a good time right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was not, hard not to have a little FOMA on that. Be a bit of a baby boom in nine months. <laughs> people feeling good. You know, it's funny. I'm a big Niners fan. I uh, have been for years and years, but lived in Kansas for a while and, and became a Chiefs fan. One of my best buddies is a Chiefs fan, so I, I watched... Them because it didn't matter. It's the AFC. It does. My team's in the NFC. It, 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 there's no, no chance they'll get together in Super Bowl. So, you know, it's a weird position to be in. I thought, man, I, I was rooting like crazy for the Niners, but I thought after 50 years and Andy Reid and everybody loves him and he never won the big one, and, and I could deal with it. Hey, coming up. I mean, if it'd been the freaking Patriots, I wouldn't be at work today. I'd be. I'd have the. Uh, I'd have donned the black mask. I'd, I'd be on bandanaed and wrecking stuff. I'd be angry. I'd be really angry. But I just can't work it up against the Chiefs. Coming up, the results of a head-to-head study of uh, your most popular diets. Mediterranean, paleo, and intermittent fasting. Those are your three most popular diets for Bring people. It. They did head-to-heads on all those to see uh, what what people can stick with, how well they work, etc. And there's some details on that you might like. Oh, you know what I'd like? Because I keep seeing these ads that the genetic testing companies can look at your genes and tell you which diet would work best for you, low carb or whatever. Yeah, because different people And that people sounds respond. like the sort of horse crap that gets sold to people in the early days of like DNA testing. Oh, I don't have. I don't any know idea. if that's legit. I have no idea if the DNA testing can tell you this, but I, I do know that uh, di- different diets work dif- work differently on different people, and that's just oh yeah, that's, that's known. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just wonder if that's legit or not. It's got that that pseudo-science feel to it. Quick run-through of the schedule. Iowa caucuses today. We'll be talking about results tomorrow. State of the Union address tomorrow night. Democratic debate Friday night. New Hampshire Hampshire primary Tuesday. Well, you forgot the official end of impeachment on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Uh Because Ah! it is just a ceremony, really. It's ceremonial. 
But uh, but yeah, that on Wednesday. Trump's got to be pissed that the Senate couldn't find a way to wrap it up before the so to tomorrow night. I would be if I were him. But uh, Hillary yeah. Hillary said more mean things about Bernie over the weekend. Good as she apparently either is taking this on on her own. Or has been designated by the party. Look, people already hate you. You're not running for anything. Why don't you say these things? Uh, she came out with more strong stuff to say about, against Bernie. Well, I have a feeling they're at the Democrat star chamber where Bill and Hillary and Axelrod and Obama and the ghost of Lyndon Baines Johnson and whatever, <laughs> when they gather around the table. It's like the Democrat version of the Simpsons where the Republican Party is, you know, Krusty the Clown and, and Bob Dole and Homer or whatever it is. <laughs> um, but there at the Star Chamber, I'm sure it was agreed, look, the one thing we got to do right now is drag down the old communist. Well, according to Nate Silver... The way he crunches the numbers that he takes in polls, different states, past this and that, but what he claims at uh, the 538 website, if Bernie wins Iowa, he's got a 4-5 and five chance of being the nominee, uh-huh. according to his numbers. If Bernie wins Iowa, he's Nate got a 4-5 f- chance of being the nominee. Or, uh, no, I don't, no, I, I do not think, well, gosh, I don't, I was going to talk about something else, and I'm really into it, but I just... The Democrat establishment is not just panicked because Bernie's a a socialist and would usher in economic disaster for the United States that would, well, if if he won, which is incredibly unlikely. But so their best case is they lose badly in November. The worst case is he wins, ruins the country, and no Democrat is elected for the next 75 years. So they're fearing some sort of fate like that. But they also know that having screwed unnecessarily with Bernie the last time, the the, the young, dewy-eyed children who Bernie's duped uh, into believing his communist <laughs> crap, they, they are watching to see if the Democrat establishment screws Bernie again. They've already got their knives out, speaking of bandanas and pitchforks and the rest of it. They're waiting to see any sign of that. So the the establishment, the Star Chamber's got to be thinking, what do we do? It's going to be a disaster no matter what, what happens. Maybe we can convince the, the Bernie lunatics that, that Liz is, is a, a suitable option because we know we can manipulate her. She's a phony socialist mostly. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. But over in China, they got real socialism, folks. It's something to aspire to. If you like socialism, look to Venezuela, look to China to see how it's going. And uh, it's going pretty well in terms of inserting their spies into the United States. And you know who's <clears throat> helping them out? American universities. Gosh, there's just so much to love about our university system right now. Come for the screwing you out of tens of thousands of dollars when virtually all knowledge is available on the Internet. And stay for everybody getting rich off of that. And remember, studies show you learn less than you've ever learned before. Right. So you learn less. And you're indoctrinated into incredibly poisonous and dangerous ideologies. Well, not only that, but as we started to talk about last segment, Wall Street Journal with a terrific piece um, about the red flags being raised by China recruiting our scientists. Texas A&M University realized, wait a minute, we've got a handful of our guys are getting money from the Chinese Communist government? How many? And they looked into it. More than 100 of their faculty members were involved with Chinese talent recruitment programs, 
even though only five had disclosed their participation. Again, only one out of 20, five out of 100 of the researchers admitted they were getting money from communist China. And this is in Texas. A plant pathologist, for instance, at the Texas system. The median salary, by the way, for these scientists, around 130 grand in Texas. It's a good gig. He told officials. And you can't get fired. So, yeah, that would be a good job. Right, right. He told officials that the researcher, um, who who he worked with had been offered two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in compensation and more than a million in seed money to start a lab in China through one of the talent programs. The research researcher ultimately rejected the offer, um, uh, but that came to the attention of university officials, and they're like, "Wait a minute, how much is this happening?" That was the the one that they caught on to. The arrest of a leading Harvard University scientist this week. He alleged he allegedly concealed more than two million dollars in Chinese backing. China is throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars at university researchers all over America, and a lot of them are biting. You know, a lot of them are a lot of them are science geeks. They're not particularly political. And they think, great, this will further my work. That's the one thing I need is money. Mm-hmm. But now they're on the hook to China, and they're reporting to China and giving them, you know, their uh, their their uh, results and that sort of thing. Uh, Wall Street Journal examination of dozens of similar offers to researchers from University of Texas's MD Anderson Cancer Center, Emory University, University of Kansas, Michigan, Florida. And elsewhere show how an influx of Chinese money is jolted, generally accepted views of academic freedom and national security, leaving both the U.S. government and the research communities with grappling how to respond to it. China is so aggressive right now. And because, and listen, I hate to admit this, so many of our 401ks that are looking pretty nice and beefy, a lot of that is that a lot of American companies are making a lot of money dealing with the one point. Four billion people in China, and 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 underwear and goods are cheap on the shelves, and yeah, we're we're in bed with one of the most oppressive, horrific regimes ever to exist on Earth. But everybody's making money, and I tell you what, it it really feels like we're walking into a situation that we can't walk out of. You know what I mean? Economically, we're too far in socially. Yeah, it's like we we realize that the doors have closed behind us, and and we're not sure exactly what this place is where we are, but we're starting to feel a little unsafe. So I watched a uh, uh, a panel discussion on Book TV with several authors of new books about China, and it was really interesting stuff. But one guy told the grain of grains of sand analogy. Have you heard this before? I'd never heard this before. He said, "I know you've all heard this before." Hit me. He ran through it. I'd never heard it before. Um. And uh, he was talking about the stuff you've just you were just talking about. For one thing, that we're way further down the road uh, than people realize, and hopes that everybody's waking up. But so if if sand grains of sand on the beach mm-hmm. were the goal, that's what you're already there. That's what you're trying to goal. get. I don't get it. That's what you're trying to get. That's what everybody okay. was trying to get in the United States or or wherever. Um, the Soviet Union or Russia would send over a submarine in the middle of the night. People would come out of the submarine, they'd come up on the beach, they'd grab some sand, they'd go back in the submarine, and they'd go back to Russia. Okay. The United States might have a satellite go over the, the beach and somehow um, 
have a drone come down, pick up some grain of sand, or whatever, and maybe they would get the sand back that way. Mm-hmm. China would send bathers to the beach. They'd hang out on the beach all day long, and then they would shake out their clothes under their suitcase and bring it back to China. Huh. I get it. Okay. And that's the way they've just they just came up with a different way to approach this and are approaching it in a different Friendly way. Friendly infiltration. Than the United States and, and Russia ever have before. Right. Yeah. And they just have students and college professors and people kind of mid level in companies and Right. And and they're non confrontational. They're right. cooperative. Yeah. They're oh no, 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 no. We're just here to do business and and, and help you out. We're just people I, hanging just, out on the beach enjoying a, the sun. Right. I'm a student. I'm a researcher. I'm a you know, whatever. Oh, I happen to be a colonel in the Chinese army, as it turns out. Yeah, and it's scary and, and for reasons you know, you could call it greed. On the other hand, you know, if 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 mom and dad are out of work and now mom and dad have jobs, being happy about that is not greed. So economic growth is not a joke. I, I get that. I'm not taking it lightly, lightly, but I just I do fear that we are becoming addicted to Chinese um, economic, uh, you know, yumminess and economic yumminess. And and at the moment that they are going to say, okay, now that you're hooked, here's what's going to happen. We're going to be extremely, extremely unhappy about the ask. You know what I mean? It's going to turn ugly in a big hurry, and we're going to be, we're going to be a junkie. And when we unplug that sweet, sweet Chinese economic heroin from our our veins, um, we're going to crash hard. And listen, I don't mean to terrify you and you, know, you make your way throughout your day, but I just, I got a bad feeling about it. You know when I had a good feeling? I had to have a little surgery on Friday. I was talking to Sean about this off the air. When they give you the just to relax you and make you feel good about life drug just before they wheel you into the OR, I get how people get addicted to that. I've never had that. I could have written uh, a hymn to humanity, the earth, God, nature, man, woman, child, the animal kingdom. I was in love with everything. What's the drug? I think it's a, it might have been Valium or something like that. I could text the anesthesiologist. Uh, he's a good dude, really good dude. Shout lamp. out to him. But look at that lamp over there, just lighting up the room. That's a good job over there. That, lamp, that lamp doesn't ask us for anything, no, John. It just gives be, us light. It's a good lamp, and you're a good not nurse a, too. That'll be that. But sometimes <laughs> bulbs burn out, but they're willing to burn out because they love us, and I love bulbs. <laughs> so what uh, Super Bowl ads? It's got smartpox. What Super Bowl ads did everybody enjoy? Oh, we can tell you, we can run down the ad meter list, and among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Phil? Hey, Phil! No, not you. It's me, man! Ryerson! Okay, little fella, good job. That's different. Good job. Hey! He's got the brown hog! (laughs) Phil? Hey, you get a priest? 
So that's uh, the Bill Murray reliving Groundhog Day Jeep commercial. That was the number one commercial, um, according to Ad Meter, and that's where they have a whole bunch of people watching the ads and just grading them that way, as opposed mm. to critics grading the ads. Um, Real people, people like us, Jack. Looking at the worst five ads, always look at, like to look at the bottom, the the, yes. the, le- the lowest rated ad. And this is a bad way to judge an ad because you're in the mood of a Super Bowl. So sometimes an ad that might... It was money well spent. It's just not what you're you're wanting to see during a football game, right? And right? I'm yeah, I'm often surprised at, at the tastes of Americans. The, the the last place ad was the Trump ad about uh, the woman who was wrongly sentenced to life in prison. Oh boy! You know, I don't want to see that during the Super Bowl at all. That might have been good information to get out there. Might have been money well spent for the Trump campaign, but yeah. that's not what I'm wanting. When I'm certainly good Super for the gal, let loose, right? Second to bottom was the new uh, Pop Tart ad, which I actually liked the ad and was happy to see there's a new Pop Tart on the scene. Um, <laughs> Is there? As a man who likes Pop Tarts, what's the flavor? Jalapeno Ranch. Mm. I believe it was pretzel. Yeah, pretzel. What? Yeah, I think they're going for like the soft pretzel sort of taste thing to yeah. it just like a How toasted soft pretzel did i mention huh. my new favorite food is the pretzel from the sonic boy if you live somewhere where there's a sonic have their new pretzel man is that good is this a big old soft pretzel with lots of salt on it yeah it's mm. like a salty donut it's like the greatest <laughs> thing i've ever tasted in my life yeah, the old salty donut <laughs> Super. and the, did you see winona in winona it was an advertisement for a small town in minnesota i thought it was a charming ad i was a little confused did, did, a, did a town in Minnesota, decide we need to get on the map and spend the, gather together the millions of dollars to get a Super Bowl ad. Is that what happened there? I don't know. I, might I have, have to no do, idea. I might have to do research on that. What an interesting idea it would be if you're kind of a town that you think you know more people need to know about us. Yeah, enjoy our lakes and our rivers and our mountains and our beautiful hiking or whatever. Our educated workforce, exactly. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you just decide to uh, spend the money to uh, to get an ad on the Super Bowl. But the Jeep ad with the Groundhog Day that we just played you with Bill Murray was the number one ad. Second was Smartpock. It's got Smartpock. The he's Hyundai got ad. Smartpock. That's right. He's got Smartpock with Rachel Dretch from Saturday Night Live. Can I hear it again? It's got Smartpock. No, I can't. Apparently, he's I can't. got Smartpock. Okay. Um, uh, little Nas X. The Doritos ad, which I wouldn't have been able to tell you was a Doritos ad, but he was there and he was having a dance off with Sam Elliott. Is that and what was going on? Right, it was like a gunfight, but they were dancing. Uh, who's still amused by him? Well, I guess Middle America. Sam Elliott? No, <laughs> Little Nas X. <laughs> I like the way Sam Elliott's mustache did that thing once. I yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Fun. Yeah, but uh, a Little Nas X I continues did like, to amuse America. Joe. I did like when little, little oh, Nas X's horse was heavily laden with a speaker system. I thought that was kind of a funny look for the old west. Yeah, I think I think my favorite ad was actually number ten. The Cheetos can't touch this with uh, with MC Hammer, but I'm just I'm amused by the presence of MC Hammer. And <laughs> I thought his head on a baby was really really funny. That's disturbing. I missed it that one. It was disturbing. Oh, you got, you got to watch it during the commercials. Yeah. His head on a baby is pretty funny. Um, Ellen DeGeneres and and her wife, what was thing? What was life like before Alexa finished number seven? That was a pretty good ad. Yeah, amusing. Number of ads for the NFL that finished in the top ten. 
but number three was the Google ad about uh, the old guy missing his wife and how Google's made it possible for him to continue to enjoy seeing pictures of her and everything like that. And <laughs> leaving out the, the part that, yeah, while they're uh, storing your pictures, they're stealing all your financial data and selling it to the Chinese. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> They're certainly grabbing all your contacts and all their contacts, and that uh, accept button you clicked was probably a terrible mistake. But, you know, God bless you. I'm sorry you miss your wife. I'm sure you do. It's very touching. Yeah, he he's, he clicked on I agree when he wanted to see pictures of his wife and had no idea right. what he was getting himself into. Thanks, Google. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 